look, if you get to know me through our streams or the anime channel on our Discord, it will not take long to learn that I am not the biggest Shonen fan. I grew up on the likes of DBZ, Bleach, One Piece, and Naruto, and I, I just read and watched too many of them at this point. Demon Slayer is one that continues to put me on the fence. With perhaps the most boring first season I've ever experienced, Demon Slayer has considerably upped the pace for season two in the transitional arc of Mugen Train the latter of which we'll be tackling in this video. Now, Ace, I'm sorry, I mean Kyodro Rengoku is a fascinating character and is definitely more than just a Big Brother character. The spoilers that happened during the Mugen Train film and series tell a familiar story to some of the concepts of sacrifice that Jesus presented during his ministry on Earth. So for this one, let's take a look at the Flame Hashira and see if he can teach us about more than just tasty food. Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and Thomas the Tank Engine's evil twin. I am your nerd pastor, Nate, and if you like these wicked deep dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when the next one drops. Folks, as always, we're going to be starting with our scripture for this video. We're going to be reading from the NRSV. That's my preferred translation. It's what's going to be on the screen, but if you have one that you prefer, feel free to use that one as well. We're going to be reading from the epistle of 1 John chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or sister are murderers. And you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. So what is the deal with Mugen Train, or however you might pronounce it? I don't know. The last time that we did a nerdy sermon on Demon Slayer was actually before nerdy sermons were a thing with our Advent of the Nerd series that spawned this whole thing. I'd read the manga and didn't watch the show, and so I pronounced the main character's name Tanjiro, and people got a little spicy about it. So Anyway, Demon Slayer is a current anime where our MC Tanjiro <laughs> is one of the titular Demon Slayers, but not by his own choice. He's out selling charcoal for his family one day when their humble abode gets got by a demon who kills his entire family. Well, at least almost his entire family. His little sister Nezuko survives, but is caught in a kind of stasis between human and demon herself. There's a lot of rules for all of this that we aren't going to like go into in this video. Okay, it's unabashedly a shonen, so... Most of the rules are nonsense anyway and exist to be broken later. Regardless, Tanjiro wants to find a way to de-transform, untransform, reform, undo the demonification that has been done to Nezuko. So he decides to join up with the Demon Slayer Corps to try and learn more. All this time, he is carrying his sister literally on his back in a chest to keep her out of the sun because you remember the weird demon rules. You know the drill. Thus begins the huge epic adventure of friendship and telling the same story over and over again to milk this cash cow and have some dope action scenes sprinkled in here and there with as much fan service as the U.S. censorship will possibly allow. That all leads us up to Mugen Train, which was first released as a film that actually did a very successful U.S. tour, so go anime. Mugen Train finds Tanjiro and his bestest buddies and fellow Slayer trainees Denitsu and Inosuke aboard the mysterious Mugen Train that has reportedly had missing passengers recently and is believed to be the source of some demon antics. Along with our heroes, Kyojuru Rengoku is also aboard the train. Rengoku is a Hashira, which basically means that he's the best of the best and in the top 1% of the Demon Slayer core. He's also a bit of a doof, like every shonen character ever. Oh no, my bias is showing, isn't it? Get back in there. 
Rengoku and the boys bond quickly and decide to work together to solve the mystery of the Mugen Train. With that, let's go ahead and claim some spoiler territory for the rest of this video. Mugen is a super short and easy watch. You should totally check it out if you haven't done so already. As Tanjiro and Rengoku soon learn, the demon who has been using this train as a stomping ground brings in passengers and then lulls them into sleep. The demon then has them trapped and can enjoy eating them at their leisure. Actually, I think the goal was to destroy their spiritual cores or something, whatever. My bet is that plot point never shows up again. However, of course, that's not going to work with our heroes being the latest bait. So they fight their way out of the hold of sleep and discover that the demon can't be beat by cutting off its head, which goes against the rules that I mentioned earlier. <sighs> Turns out that the demon that Tanjiro fought and beheaded wasn't the actual demon. The actual demon is the train. Dun, dun, dun. But wait, I thought demons couldn't get out in the sun. If he's a train, how's he going to get out of the sun? Look, I know. No. So the fight continues, and with help from his buddies and big brother figure in Rengoku, Tanjiro is able to behead the train and successfully end the Mugen Train Demon. End of movie. Just kidding. Like an M. Night out of hell, the story twists again, and another random super strong demon shows up to enter the fight. This one is drastically stronger and is determined to take on our big bro, Rengoku, knowing that he's a Hashira and it would make his boss extra proud should he take out one of the biggest in the Demon Slayer core. So, Rengoku and this demon begin fighting faster than the speed of light to the point that Gohan and Krillin can't even see what's happening in the fight. I'm so sorry. Tanjiro and Inosuke, my bad. The fight is super epic, but ends up with Rengoku being simply unable to keep up with the regenerative powers, which is <clears throat> a demon rule, of his adversary. And he's dealt a fatal blow through the chest during their fight. Knowing his demise is imminent, Goku holds Raditz for long enough for Piccolo to take him down. I don't know how this keeps happening. I meant to say until the sun comes up and the demon, you guys get it. I'm trying my best here. The demon manages to get away and Rengoku dies an honorable death of managing to save everyone aboard the train. Yay, happy story. Good ending. Love to see it. Rengoku parts a lot of wisdom throughout the entirety of the film and series, and his death is a pretty clear, dare I say, signal of virtue that's being imparted upon Tanjiro. The goal of Mangaka seems pretty clear in this one, in my opinion. He's even called the Flame Hashira. This death is meant to set Tanjiro's heart ablaze, no matter how devastated he feels, due to his weakness or uselessness in the moment. But before we analyze Rengoku's actions any further, let's take a quick look at our scripture. This passage comes from one of the letters or epistles of John, one of Jesus's apostles. In particular, this letter was written to a group of churches dealing with a pretty serious secession in their ranks. Some of the members of the congregation had questioned the incarnation of Jesus, and it had caused a real crisis of faith that depleted the church of a majority of their membership. So this passage gains a bit more context and flavor with that in mind. When John attempts to ease the concerns of his faithful believers in these churches, he isn't just saying very tritely that the world generally will hate the believers for what they believe. While that may very well be true, what John is really saying is that these folks that used to be a part of your church family now hate you. It's way more personal than just some truism. It is a cutting reminder of the life that these folks are living right now. Then John goes into this weird diatribe about love and hate. Now, who is hating in this picture again? Oh, yeah, it was the world. The world hates. And who is the world again? Oh, that's right. The folks that used to be in the church for those this letter is written for. So John says, whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or sister are murderers. And you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. Whoa, okay. Now, knowing what we know now, that might read a little bit differently than it did before. It sounds like John might be a little frustrated with those that have left the church. So what are we supposed to do about it? Well, first off, John says, don't be surprised. Second, we're still called to that love 
because we've died to the old death thing. It's no longer a thing that has a sting. We no longer apply to the old rules, so we don't have hate on the table. So how do we love? Well, we lay down our lives for one another. And then John asks, well, how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and refuses to help? Well, who is it that needs help in this scenario? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably the folks over there that are abiding in death. So we're not supposed to be surprised that our old family hates us now. We're to still love them. We're to intentionally help them. Is there anything else, John? Can we please be done? No, there's still just a little bit more. John continues, little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. So to sum it all up, when we're being looked at with hate by the people that used to love us, we're not to be surprised, but we're to love anyway. We're to go above and beyond because they're the ones in need of the love we're called to offer. And we can't just talk the good talk. We actually have to do the thing. With this in mind, let's take a look back at Rengoku's act of sacrifice. We get to learn more and more about Rengoku's personal life as we experience this series. His papa was once the flame Hashira, but retired and became a drunk when his wife, Kyojuro's mom, died. Now, his daddy is violent and constantly upset. Kyojuro also has a legal brother who admires his big bro. Most importantly, Kyojuro was taught by his late mama that he must use his great strength for others. That brings us to the Mugen Train moment where Rengoku knows for a fact that no one else can do what needs to be done. It's just him. No one will be able to help him in this moment. In the words of Son Goku, if he doesn't, who will? So he uses his great strength as a means by which to protect the people that he loves, just as his mom told him. And the people that he loves is everyone. This sacrifice unquestionably looks like madness to everyone looking in. As the demon keeps requesting, Rengoku knows that death is inevitable and that allowing himself to be demonized is the only way to walk away from this alive. From Tanjiro's perspective, Rengoku could use the help of the three boys and no doubt conquer this demon. But Rengoku knows that that would risk losing one of the pupils. So out of the wisdom of this moment, Rengoku decides that what he must do is fight the fight as hard as he can and inevitably sacrifice himself in order for the ones that he loves to live. So he fights the fight to the death alone. I think that Rengoku knew the odds and knew that it was fairly unlikely that he could actually kill this demon. Despite his doofy personality and his quirky quirks, he was a smart strategist and knew the odds. But he also knew his strength and his purpose and knew that he would be able to hold that demon off until it at least had to flee from the sun. And that alone would save the lives of the pupils and the innocents on the train. And in the end, he knew that he would accomplish his real goal of setting the future Demon Slayer's hearts ablaze, no matter how devastated they feel due to their weakness or uselessness. Right? Well, Tanjiro feels pretty weak at the end of this film. So maybe Rengoku failed. Or maybe it's not actually to set the heart ablaze. But maybe just to start a small flicker of hope that grows bigger as Tanjiro continues to grow. By the time the credits roll, Rengoku has managed to hold strong to his values and love beyond reason. He chose not to be a demon. He didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. He did the thing in truth and in action. That love led to the ultimate sacrifice of his life. The demons who are actually suffering from the curse of foe immortality hate Rengoku because of their inability to comprehend the beauty of humanity, which is in our capability of loving. This movie tries to say that it's a human's will but in my interpretation, it's love. Love that pushes above and beyond and does baffling things. So what does Rengoku's sacrifice in the words of John possibly mean for us today? Well, for starters, not everyone is going to be called to literally lay down their life. We need to acknowledge that. Sometimes sacrifice looks a little bit more like just entering into a relationship where you're hated and offering up love, grace, and understanding. 
Just setting the bar low and not saying, hey, I'm here to sacrifice my life, but maybe just sacrifice a few minutes of awkwardness. Checkpoint Church is specifically called to Twitch and to nerds, geeks, and gamers. Many of us were forced out of the church, sometimes physically because of the things we love due to things like the Satanic Panic or Harry Potter or whatever. Many of us might even be angry at the church. Some might even hate the church, and that's okay. There's a reason that we end these videos with our three truths that we believe to be true about everyone watching, even those that hate the church. So what can we do? Well, you can know that you might be hated for the love that you're trying to offer from Jesus. Don't be surprised. Offer it anyway. Be prepared to move past that hatred into a place of love. Maybe you're called to be someone's Rengoku. Maybe someone needs to see a Big Brother-esque figure that is willing to take them under their wing and guide them in love. Or maybe you're still processing the loss of your Rengoku. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to let them set the fire ablaze in your heart. Regardless of where you might be or who you might more identify with in this movie, know that you are always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Folks, thank you so much for watching this video. I so appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us on these nerdy deep dives. If you want more of Checkpoint Church, we're streaming every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday over on Twitch. Or if you want more right here, right now, or you want to debate me and tell me how wrong I am at the end of this video with a question I'm about to ask, then go join our Discord where we're active 24-7. We have an anime manga channel over there that I'm always frequenting and posting all of my hot takes uh, and just trying to start a fire and... Uh, do all that good stuff. So with that, a quick question for you. Do you think this show earned Rengoku's death? I don't. And I'm currently halfway through season two, and I'm a little worried they're about to do it again. I don't know. Fridging is just a lazy method of shonen storytelling for me, and say what you will about My Hero Academia, they're keeping All Might alive, despite being a clear motivational death for Deku. It, 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 I don't know. It just makes me respect Horikoshi as a writer. I, I, even after these past few volumes and how bad they've been, the fact that All Might somehow has survived as many times as All Might has, good on ya. But that's a story for another time. Folks, we're going to end this video as we always do with our three things that we believe to be true about every single one of you out there. Number one, we believe that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you. We want community with you. That's what we're doing on Twitch and Discord and here on YouTube. And number three, we believe that you, yes, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth and the world is a better place. Why? Because you are in it. Folks, with that, and until the next time that I see you, I look forward to hopefully catching you over on Twitch or on Discord right now or back here, same time, same place for another of these nerdy deep dives next week. Until then, be well. Bye-bye! Presented to you without context, a book that I wrote when I was 10 years old that has far too many characters. But he can't talk himself out of this because of the communist society of animals! Mmm, the communist society of animals that automatically obey this insane jaguar. What the heck can I do? It's all your choice, Daniel, the jaguar said. Choose wisely. Mm -mm -mm -mm, Dan stuttered. He looked over to Claire, the panda. Reminder, she's a panda. Ooh, she looked different compared to the rest of the communist.